1: Hey, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night Freak Show Podcast, where a movie review and talk show podcast comes your way every Saturday, whether you're ready for it or not, in our quest for total world domination. All that we ask that you do in return is go to wherever you found us and hit that like or subscribe button. All of that stuff helps us get found by other like-minded folks like you and helps us break those algorithms to become the fastest-growing radio show on the planet Earth. These are the internet radio superstars.
2: Holly, Michaela,
1: John, and I'm Colin. And we can also, you know, what else you can do to help us? out uh, you can go over to where can they go? Uh, Michaela.
2: tpubliccom slash user slash Saturday at freak show. And we've got merch. There's like mugs. There's t-shirts, sweatshirts, tank tops, hoodies, all kinds of shit. I don't remember everything, so go take a look because I know there's more than that.
1: Yeah. Adorn yourself in the wrappings of the Saturday Night Freak Show. We'd appreciate Drape
2: it. Drape yourself in the Freak Show. <laughs> yeah. There's enough designs for you to wear a different design every day of the week.
0: There you go. So- Michaela, can we sneak that picture of Colin and his dummy onto a shirt? Can we get oh, that Oh,
2: yeah. On we have to. Okay. We have
0: to. <laughs> I'll
2: people, wear that one. People need to see it.
1: I, I still True. have that thing yeah i know uh so it still has you Colin.
2: (laughs) someday it's just gonna someday on the zoom it's just gonna come up behind colin's shoulder i
1: gotta remember just to get it out before the show okay well anyway (laughs) so uh
0: (laughs) thing for an entire show don't do
1: that uh tonight we watched a movie that was chosen by
0: colin colin what do we watch tonight
1: Tonight, we watched a movie called, well, depending on where and how you saw it, now it is uh, regarded as Shivers, Uh, but it was also, I saw it under the title, They Came From Within way back in the day, and it was also apparently called The Parasite Murders and was written as Orgy of the Blood Parasites. Mm.
2: A lot of different names.
1: Yeah apt and that's uh coming at us from the year 1975 and directed by the guy that you all know david cronenberg there it is um how do we know david cronenberg colin yeah i was gonna say how many many david cronenberg movies have we done on the saturday night freak show
2: have we
0: done any i don't
2: think i've been here for any
1: no
3: i don't think we've done any
1: uh, we're actually putting him on a wall tonight, Thanks to MF Mad for alerting us that uh, this makes his third appearance. Second as a director, we did Videodrome oh, uh, on the Saturday right, Night right. Show way back in the day. Yeah, I, for- I don't think... I forgot. Yeah, well, Sean, are you here for Videodrome? I
0: was here for it. I didn't need to be.
1: So if you go back in our catalog, you can catch our Videodrome episode. He also directed Shivers, and he uh, starred in Nightbreed. Uh which we also covered. Clive Barker's Nightbreed. He's in that.
0: Right. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. I didn't know he starred in it.
1: Yeah, he's the Decker, the uh psychiatrist.
0: <laughs> I have not seen the movie. I had no idea. Oh you I
1: haven't? Had, oh, okay. Yeah. I, had think,
3: I wasn't here for that. I had to think about it for a second because I just assumed I brought it since it had night in the title,
1: but <laughs> <and> I didn't. <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs> There I wasn't go. here
1: for that. So you can you deep know, dive into our catalog it. titles there. and, and go <laughs> Hol- find
0: Night Chronicles.
3: No.
1: <laughs> All right, so Shivers, this is going to be uh, you guys, I think. Oh, this is a first-time watch, yeah? Indeed.
2: Right. For sure. I've seen a lot of Cronenberg, but not this.
1: Because I always, and maybe you'll have to help me out here, how you remember like the career of David Cronenberg, but this is actually his third movie. Uh prior to this, he did something called stereo and another one called crimes of the future, which, and there might be another like racing one in there. I'm not sure. Maybe this is well, he fourth, a bunch yeah. of TV movies too. I,
3: yeah, like- I was, was going to say just, just at a hunch, I was going to guess this was very early Cronenberg, like first or second movie. So that doesn't surprise me.
1: Yeah, it was, um, and The Fast Company, I think, is the other one that, uh, but this was the, so, but this one is significant because it was basically the first hit that he had. I think Scanners later, that's like three movies later, I think, right? There's like, because he did The Brood uh, after this and Rabid, right? And then Scanners.
3: What do you, what do you mean by hit?
1: Um. This, I believe, at the time, was the most successful Canadian film ever made, Um, which was a thing sense. because a it was actually paid for uh, by taxpayers. The government funded mm-hmm. this money, this movie, uh, so there was a review uh, that came out that was titled, I think, like, This movie is really bad, and you should know about it because you paid for it to uh-huh. all the... yeah. Uh, that happens with what, a lot
0: of
2: movies in Canada and it's oh, there's always a backlash like that, it seems.
1: <laughs> what what better
0: advertising than that? Like that is if somebody put that in the paper for me I'd be like, I I have to
1: go see that right yeah, now. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's what happened. So that's what, It's effective. <laughs> yeah. Everybody to go like, see it.
2: It feels like this was the movie that established that his brand of like body horror that he would go on to be like, so famous for this feels like the patient zero, you
1: know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, this was basically the kind of stuff that he was doing. I mean, cause if you look at both, well, you look at, yeah, all of his stuff, uh, the early, early years stuff, maybe up until like the fly. Right. Is really, mm-hmm. well, okay. Here's the question for the and, kids and at ringers. home. Yep. Like, uh, what, what is body horror? because that term gets used a lot. What are we talking about?
2: It, it's like usually involves specifically it, happening to the human body.
0: Yeah, usually involving a transformation or mm-hmm. I mean even losses of appendages and stuff like that. A, a transformation of the body, I think.
1: So, would a hostel be a body horror movie?
2: No, that's a torture porn. Okay, so that like that is like a human committing another atrocious act on a human, like
0: Right this is happening from within I mean it kind of mm-hmm. goes with the uh, with one of the other titles of this movie but it yeah, makes this is,
2: it's
3: like from inside it's, it's like body used as a vessel that that where that's where I go with it okay. if the body's used as some sort of vessel and there's gore involved with that
1: that's body horror yeah you usually get
2: like infected or some sort of like experimentation or something that gets you to that transformation sean is talking about
1: yeah it's doing things that you can't uh you know because even then um like is a werewolf movie a body horror movie
0: it can be (laughs) depends on
2: the movie i think yeah
0: yeah Yeah, it can be it depends on what parts of that story they want to exploit
1: no yeah,
2: and, and like the lore, too, I think it depends on, too, because like there are some werewolf movies where like they can kind of change it at will. And right. that's not not, the that's same not thing. body horror. no, because it's you you know?
1: have, there has to be a horror to it. Right. That your body's yeah. doing something right. that you don't want it to do. And it's taking you on a whole new uh, path and direction in life. But guess what, kids? I looked it up. I'm like, where did this phrase come from? Because we use it all the time. Uh, I can't remember if the guy was actually French. Let's see. It was an author by the name of Philip Brophy. And in a 1983 oh. article, which was called Horality, the Textuality of the Contemporary Horror Film, he first used the term body horror. Now we use it all the time. And David Cronenberg is generally seen as the do you, progenitor. It, do you know
3: what, progenitor. do you know what movies, do you know what movies he referenced in that article to depict as body horror?
1: I think it was Cronenberg stuff. Was it Cronenberg? Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. I Even, thought you were going to tell us it was Pierce Brosnan's character in Nomad. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: well, <laughs> I mean, but I think they talk about like Frankenstein also as being like, you know, a, you know, you're, you're in a body that you don't recognize and, you know, that kind of so i mean it, it's it goes back a ways but for some reason right. now whenever like you know brandon Cronenberg puts out a movie he's doing something like possessor right it's like it's like his dad it's body horror it's all body horror the like canadians do body horror stuff um <laughs> um oh that should bulge there a little bit more don't you think yeah yeah i agree yeah so what uh, what's the setup for this movie how we how are you going to explain this to uh to those canadian taxpayers
2: Well, I mean, I guess that there is some sort of evil uh, involved in promiscuity and like the free love movement. That's like the most I could get out of this movie.
0: Honestly, uh, I think it's uh, it's a parable for keeping your virginity in an overly sexualized world. And the main character is the virgin. And as you just watch the movie, especially at the end, how he's just trying to hold on to it. Dear life, <laughs> the overly sexualized world is coming for him. And everyone's soaking and sexy, and then they're kissing in the pool. Like, come on, like,
2: which seems... like is a weirdly puritanical like stance for a Cronenberg movie to take,
0: you know? <laughs> I like uh... that doesn't
2: vibe with like who I know David Cronenberg to be as an artist, you know?
0: Sure, I think mine is more joking um, because I'm reading it that way because I think. um <sighs> I don't think that's their desired effect. I think that's just what you can see after, uh, however many years on after this, 1975. Holy shit!
2: Then what do you think the desired effect is? Like, if are they are they satirizing that idea? Because that's not coming across. If that's the case,
1: well, I mean, it's it's he's making a horror film, right? So yes. I mean, that's 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 the one thing. Like, like when I'm reading it, I'm like, okay, well, he is trying to use. Uh, you know, deviant sexuality, I guess, as a horrifying you know, it's to horrify and you know, make the audience go you know, yeah. Um, because I, I was reading it also, it's like you could also see this as like it's a revolutionary movie you know, all these Night of Living Deads and all that stuff kind of, it's like eventually there's one revolution that rises or you know, that rises up and Eats the former, you know, <laughs> uh, population and replaces it, you know, and if you're the right. last insane man, you're, you know, the last one to the, the party when it uh, flips over. So I think there's a lot of that. I was looking up. I'm like, OK, so what was going on with like the free love uh, movement? Because
0: that's what I was wondering, because this seems like the like part of that, like that movement is this is the this is in the residue of that because that would have been more like 60s, early 70s.
1: I uh, well, I tracked it back. The, so the birth control pill, which revolutionized everything, right? Because basically the uh, birth control pill said you can have sex with whoever you want and not get pregnant, right? This was historic. It came around in the 50s. It was widely available in the 60s, but it seemed like even in the early 70s, it was still being prescribed to like, okay, now people of different age groups can, can have it. So I think you're within a decade really of society grappling with, You know, the idea that, yeah, you can now have guilt-free sex, uh, you know, with anybody that you choose. And, uh, you know. uh, And that's horrifying for some people. Well, because I think Cronenberg, and correct me if I'm wrong, he's seeing the disease, (laughs) the disease aspect of it. Right. right? Because he's seeing it. He makes a movie about, like, an actual, he gives a communicable disease a, a form in this as a a sex parasite we got to talk about this movie it's crazy
0: (laughs) i
2: guess like but okay so we saw that kind of same idea in it follows but like in it follows it didn't make people uncontrollably horny you know so to me that's where like the panic around the morality of sex comes in and it's not just like an std allegory
1: well, I mean, you may be right. I mean, because that's, I think, this is, this is why, you know, it's like, I guess, you know, Cronenberg made such a splash on the, um, on the scene when he came around and is now regarded as one of the, you know, he's like the artist working in horror films, right? That everyone can watch his movies and kind of see like these different, you know, perspectives on it. I think that's what, you know, that you're saying that it's a, you know, uh, the, perspective that somebody brings to art so it's like are any of these you know wrong or right or whatever it's just cool that it kind of a movie can you know have all these different interpretations of it um so i mean yeah. they may all be legitimate or uh, you know who knows i haven't actually i don't think listened to what he specifically said but I'm like if you read between the lines it's like there's a guy there who has a concern to me it seems like about a transmissible pathogens or disease and it's all he's always talking about his body like you know doing weird things his whole filmography is you know i'm gonna catch something or it's just gonna start growing out of me and in control uncontrollably into something else right at least until he got you know later on and then i'm not entirely sure. and then he passed
0: it down to his son
1: yeah his son is exactly yeah yeah his dad's off doing a funny
0: way of putting it like (laughs) it's it's a it's a it's a in-body thing that got passed down to his son and now he's Now
1: made. it's
0: your pathogen. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Now now this is your disease. It's a really, that's a really unique family and story if you look at it that way.
1: Yeah, because he did, uh, Brandon Cronenberg did antiviral and possessor, right? I think those are the right. only two that right. he's done. Cronenberg's um,
2: later movies are odd choices for him, I feel
1: like. Cronenberg's? Uh,
2: yeah, like A Dangerous Method, never saw that, but not going to either, you know? Like, Never saw Cosmopolis either, but and the last thing I think I saw by him was Eastern Promises.
1: I like that one. I saw A Map yeah, to the too. Stars, but I just mm-hmm. found those characters detestable. I saw Spider with uh, Ray Fiennes. I thought that was pretty good. I mean, he's done a, bu- a History of Violence was like the last one right. I thought that I was like, that right. one, you know, is great. But I but guess like, he's teaming up with Vigo Mortensen again.
2: Isn't A Dangerous Method like about Carl Jung? and like that's meeting just such, like it's like a period movie like yeah. that's such a weird choice for him i don't understand
1: yeah it's freud meeting uh carl young but i mean so that's a, but i just wonder if he's like now going more into the psychological so much that it's like you know
0: now he's going straight to the characters of psychology yeah, i think so
1: instead of doing the metaphors now now he's actually going after you know uh mm-hmm. actual human yes. psychology it's like okay i get it but you know i liked it when you you know Existenz was his last like uh you know, horror sci-fi thing, and that yeah. was in the Stay '90s, tuned right? That.
0: Some, oh, you oh, got to put some put some gore on it, Cronenberg. You can't <laughs> just start going straight to Freud and shit. Like, put some bugs in it or shit.
1: Come yeah. on, we like the allegory because we're horror yeah. people. Our horror movies are smart because they're uh, you know <laughs> they contain all this stuff.
2: It just seems to be like something that happens with directors as they get older they move into that sleepy old man phase where they just make like movies that put you to sleep you know like mm-hmm. it, like it think, happened I to Spielberg they, it happens to all of them it seems like
0: I think they, they get so old that they don't know subtext anymore like they don't know the world around them and so they forget how to use subtext and so as they get older more their movies become more just straight like text like giving them the message like punching right in the face at them. Because they don't know the world around them. I think that's what happens. I think that's where Cronenberg may have ended up.
1: Yeah. And some of that, I think, is, you know, we haven't got to, I guess, their ages yet. And it's like, okay, is just what appeals to you different than what appeals to, like, the younger man you? I mean, that's also, who knows? Right. Maybe when we're, you know, 60, 70 years old, it'll be like, oh, yeah. War Horse, thinking- that is a really good movie. I'm, I'm sorry for company, all you people who like War Horse, but
2: a... <laughs> no, Colin. I think it's it illegal to watch War way. Horse if you're like under fifty-five. Yeah, you know, I think I think you age into that movie for sure. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, all right. So that and Sea Biscuit, yeah. All right, so Seabiscuit. the uh, the general uh, setup of this movie, right? We've got. Um, it takes place in this luxury uh, apartment complex on an island somewhere in Montreal. This is kind of cool. The movie starts off in a way that I think another Saturday Night Freak Show favorite movie, the Beyond the Black Rainbow, kind of lifted this opening, right? Of Because uh, they even used the pharmacology or psychic... What was it? Uh, they mentioned
0: pharmacology.
1: Psychic pharmacology or something like Psychotropic
0: <laughs> drugs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but it basically has this, uh, you know, like, come and live at this perfect community where, you know, we have all the amenities of everything you'd ever mm-hmm. need out in the world. But we're going to do it on this insular little island where you're all going to live together. It's going to be just your cutoff. It's its own little society. Right. Which is like It that. is the
0: island at this point. Yeah. Like the, the Michael Bay one. And don't we, you dare
2: bring that, Sean! Now that it's been mentioned,
0: <laughs> don't no, <you> dare. <laughs> I, don't the, I don't think I have the patience for that movie. I mean, I'm guessing it's over two hours long, so no way.
2: Probably.
1: Well, if I yeah, it's a it's a two thirty, I think. So if I understand this correctly, hell no. Okay, so this is what happens in this place. There is a geneticist who is working uh, in this uh, um, apartment complex, right? This high rise yes. apartment complex, and he even though he has a grant that he's supposed to be working on a parasite that will replace a organ. If you lose an organ, they're going to try and put a parasite into you that will grow into that organ. And, uh, you know, instead of actually doing transplant surgery, but he says he wants to make a sex parasite. So the world will basically evolve into one glorious nonstop orgy. And he experiments on this girl that he's been molesting. Like this is a 69 year old man experiments by putting these parasites into the body of well she's 19 now but it says that he started he met her when she was 12 setting up kind of like okay we're in some sticky ooky like sexual oh, no. politics oh. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and uh,
2: at the time we're watching this the sun is still up so that was a pleasant experience to so like head, start right with this right off the bat and like my neighbors it, are still it, outside <laughs> grilling like
0: is it better after dark Michaela? It feels less like, does the pill go down easier?
3: It, it feels less feel gross. Gross.
0: Okay. This is what you what don't what want the whole world seeing what you're doing. You're just Shut like oh. yeah, just I do it in it right private.
3: <laughs> I mean look. Let me let me put it this way. I I understand what Michaela's saying because when that scene came, I had my front door open, my windows. So when that scene came on, yeah. I got up and shut my front door. Oh wow! I got up and shut my blinds. Yeah. I oh was wow. Like, well, oh, we're, we're watching this. Okay. <laughs> all right.
1: <laughs> oh, this is see, this is interesting stuff to just find how people process all this. Because yeah, okay, we're going in uncomfortable territory. <laughs> it's a challenging uh, movie. So, so. We're introduced to this in a very bizarre scene. I think because we don't know what's happening, we see this old guy attacking, ripping the clothes off of this like nineteen-year-old woman, and then choking her unconscious. They're like, is this a sex assault? What the hell is happening? This is intercut with like people, uh, like a couple being introduced to the uh, you know being shown around the place, and yep. then he cuts her open, her stomach open. He puts her on a table and cuts her stomach open, and then pours acid into her and then cuts his own throat this is the mystery that starts the movie because you're like what the fuck just happened
3: (laughs) this scene this scene was already icky enough and it was already like weird enough but the fact that it was intercut with them being shown around the apartment complex made me so uncomfortable yeah i don't know if it was just like the knowledge that these people are being shown while this is happening in the same building. I don't know if it was that that was bothering me, but something about that interchanging made me so uncomfortable. I know what it was,
2: Hallie. It was also daylight, shirtless. In uh, it was it was daylight, daylight in the movie. It was in the middle of movie. the fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like early <laughs> afternoon. Everything was in bright afternoon sunlight. Yeah.
1: But so Kayla gross. needs the cover of that. Yeah, I guess operate, so. Yeah,
0: yeah, apparently. No, it's she's true. Like, she's like, That's, only there, the is,
3: there is There is a subconscious like effect that of night and day and this kind of thing. That's why in movies, when the sun comes up, the, the movie's over, good things are happening again. It's always <laughs> right, at bad night, that bad shit
2: happens. That's why that one scene in Zodiac is so fucking terrifying because he's he's got that black getup on and he's tied the, the people up in the middle of the fucking afternoon. Yes! Like, yeah.
0: Terrifying.
2: It's terrifying. I bet the
0: listeners will bag me up on this. Yes, I agree. <laughs> oh, no, I'm
1: with you. Well, the uh, we're introduced to the, I guess it takes a while to get there because there were a couple things that I was like, on this watch, obviously I know it's coming, but number one, you got to set up who your pr- protagonists are. And for the most part, we're introduced to, uh, I think it was Dr. Roger, right? Uh, Roger St. Luke. Roger St. Luke is the... <laughs> Like, he's the physician in this self-contained apartment block, right? They have their own dentist and their own doctor. He's the clinic doctor. Uh, His nurse. His His name
0: was. uh, uh, Oh, what's her name? Lowry. Uh, Well,
1: yeah. The actress. I thought you had the character. The character is uh, uh, nurse Forsyth, but she's played by Lynn Lowry. Lynn Lowry. Right. You may remember. From because she's a striking woman she has appeared three times on the I saturday night blood. freak show yes
0: oh
1: but she was i remember also,
0: her from that she was the one she had dark hair and she was just
1: i know i remember that when you were talking about pie porn that was happening later on in this movie where people are eating pie and it's just falling all over the place i thought yeah. you guys were referencing i drink your blood because she was in it but we also was, saw yes. what was that other movie that we just watched recently where somebody ate like iced somebody's eating pie and it went all over the place. So much pie. We, we, we could do a lot.
2: whole episode on the pie trauma we've seen. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm, pie trauma.
2: It's a lot.
1: Yeah. Well, she it's was also um, she was also in um, Cat People, uh, the uh. remake of Cat People. So three movies. Ah. That was MF Mad. also The Keeper of the Saturday Night Freak Show Wall of Fame, helped us out with that. Um, but Lynn Lowry is a face that I think horror aficionados would recognize. For those movies, she was also in George Romero's The Crazies, uh, so I mean, she was in a Romero movie, and a Cronenberg movie, um, and then after Cat People, she like quit Hollywood for uh, a number of years. Number, I mean, I mean, like she came back to work in like 2004, and since then she has been in more films than she was back uh, in the in the 70s and
0: 80s. Right, that yeah. was the resurgence. Like the like, somebody discovered all of her films. They're like, we're huge fans. Come
1: yeah. I'm going
2: to yeah. guess Rob Zombie put her in something.
1: I think we had this conversation. Yeah. It's like she needs to be in a Rob he, Zombie movie, but I don't think probably, she can. She probably got that I'm, look now, I'd put
2: money like, on it that she has been. He loves to do that.
3: Yeah. I don't, I she could like, be was, witch. I was like, was she in Lords of Salem? Was she?
1: I don't He read. does collect so, horror icons. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he does. Um,
1: yeah, but okay. So Lynn Lowry's the nurse, and then we've also got uh, a guy named Nicholas. Uh, he is apparently uh, also infected with these creatures and his wife and the neighbor across the hall is barbara Steele, um the great euro horror beauty from uh, uh black sunday right mario bava's black sunday she was in eight and a half the frederico fellini movie uh, she was also in castle of blood nightmare castle and
2: yeah and, i really like her i always find her to be very striking no matter what role she's in i i dig her
1: she has that look like if there was someone who mm-hmm. was born to be in horror movies Barbara right? State. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, yeah. She's got that, like, vampy look.
1: Mm-hmm. But she's I, also, she-, she ends up playing doctors a lot. Wasn't she like a, was she a doctor in Piranha? She was like an official or something that came to, she was in Piranha, and she was in uh, Dark Shadows. Remember when they brought Dark Shadows back for TV? But she also was the producer of the Winds of War and War and Remembrance, those big Ooh. epic World War Two. um uh, mini uh, miniseries that oh yeah interesting yeah okay there you go um so <laughs> um so Nicholas this guy right how did he get the parasites in him
0: he fucked the girl I'm guessing yes I that just came to me that that's how he got them yeah it just came to you it, it just came to me I was concentrating on other things in this movie ah uh, yes it just came to me that that's where he got because we're introduced to the characters. Um, it's very like Colin was describing. It's very abrupt. We see the scene with the doctor and the girl, and then we just see the scene with Nicholas. I, do we get introduced to him when he's brushing his teeth and yeah. poking himself? Yeah. So we don't really know what's going on, but we know he's doing something to himself, and his wife talks to him about being sick and the doctor and everything.
1: Yeah, they end up, I uh, it, I, because I think the doctor, Dr. Roger, what was his last name?
0: St. Luke. Doctor Doctor St. Luke. guy
1: yeah st luke st luke uh he begins Very uh, <laughs> fielding a bunch of um patients who have all it turns out are, are basically have had sex with this girl so she got so the, the what does the parasite do to you we're explained this is explained to us by this other doctor that uh dr linsky that dr st luke goes to for advice
0: right <laughs> Rolo linsky um
1: what did he say? He wanted to because he
0: was talking about doing the organ replacement before, but he wanted to do it so it would. Uh, what did he say?
1: It's I forgot a, the It's like an of it. aphrodisiac, right. Somehow, so the the thing that's in you, and so uh, well, what are we talking about? What is the pair? What's it look like?
0: I mean, it looks like a slug. Looks like a slug. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, that's a, very generous bigger,
0: with a bigger asshole. Um,
1: I thought it looked it, like a piece of shit, but I could be wrong.
2: I mean. Yeah, it's in some scenes okay. it does. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like,
0: it, it is one of those like Swamp Thing himself. It's one of those things that changes from scene to scene. So yeah. there's little, it's a, a little thing. But it looks. I mean, it's a, it's like a tuber. Oh, uh, sea cucumber. There you go.
1: There you a, go. Just yeah, a yeah. really
0: shitty, bloody sea cucumber.
1: Mildly phallic looking thing with, uh, just, yeah, uh, that crawls around. So this is, I think, uh, maybe... it
0: looks like a shriveled penis. Basically, that's.
1: And in one scene, we actually see it. um, This is the scene that I saw when I was an impressionable youngster and caught this movie on the late show. uh, Mm. Barbara Steele in a bathtub, (laughs) and the thing comes up through the drain and squiggles its way into her. And I'm like, oh, oh, God. (laughs) It's like, what the? Yeah, that's how. Shocking for audiences, I'm guessing. Yeah. This
2: scene was weird to me because, like, there was so much nudity up until this point. And then this scene, they like take great pains to like cut around and not show any nudity. Yeah. It
0: was so much so odd. that she had a leg double. Did yeah. She? I, that's what, I mean, that's what the internet tells me, but who knows if they're right. Oh,
1: wow. Well, maybe it's yeah. Barbara. Steel.
0: I think, I think it's gotta be. I mean, she apparently she had a leg double for when that thing was squiggling between her legs. Oh, wow. Sorry. I did this.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's kind of gruesome and kind of sets up the whole, I mean, this is how they're going to get inside you one way or the other. This is like, we've seen <laughs> oh, Night of the Creeps. The yeah. <laughs> we've seen Night of the Creeps and um, uh, Slither. You know, James
2: Gunn's or, seen this movie, yeah.
1: Yeah, because I think this all kind of This is the first one that I can remember that had slugs crawling around trying to get in your body in some way, shape, or form through the mouth or any kind of orifice uh, that's available. Um, And then they excrete some kind of a toxin or something inside you that basically makes you, it's like uh, ecstasy, right? Like You just want to touch everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Also called the 70s. (laughs)
1: Well, we see it, it's like, but it is kind of gross because like, I think some of the first uh, instances we have that there's something going wrong is like this woman opening her door as like, was it the delivery guy going through, going by? It's a guy like with the food service and she's like, I need, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for love. And she's got boils all over her face.
0: Uh, Oh yeah. She she grabs the dude out of the hallway. That is that's the most terrifying thing in the world. First of all, I, I love 1975. I love the delivery, the meal service that's happening here with this tray that he's – that they, they take the time to film him being very precious and getting it through the doorway because he doesn't want it to drop. It's just very funny the way they go about that. But yeah, um, delivery service dude in full talks. this old lady with, like he said, the boils on her face just grabs him out of the hallway and she's like, I need love. <laughs> I laughed at this part, it was pretty funny This was funny, yeah
1: <laughs> Oh, that was a laundry Ooh. room lady That was a yeah, laundry room lady Because Nicholas, uh... like, vomits one of these things Off the balcony Onto these little ladies who are walking with an umbrella <laughs> It bounces off Crawls into the laundry room Attacks the laundry lady And that's her Beginning that right. that cycle of the infection Yeah Okay.
2: But was that supposed to be funny? That's what I couldn't figure out <laughs>
1: Which Like, the rain, like her, the rain.
2: her grabbing him and screaming, I need love in his face. Like, that was pretty fucking comical, but I don't know if it was intended that way.
1: Yeah, I, don't I know. wish
0: I could see this in 1975. That's yeah. the only thing I, I, uh, I'm not going to say hate or dislike. It, it's, it irks me that you can't feel that again, or you can't feel that for the first time. You can't go back to 1978 and watch Halloween or any of this stuff. So I
1: think you can. Oh. All you got to do is watch all the movies around it. And then you're in the headspace, and then when you see that one, you're like, oh, that's what this is like now. Oh, Sean okay. wants to see audience reaction oh, now. Colin. Yeah, you can't get that. Yeah, Sean oh, wants no. to see
0: wanna, how the audience reaction. Yeah, I want to be there with everybody, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so, the, uh, so the infection is running rampant through the building. Um, we've got um, Nicholas seems to be the one who we see most of the parasite action with, um, right? Am I, am I right in saying that? Because there's a scene where he's laying down on his bed, because there's always been this thing of, like, there's something inside him that moves. They talk about, like, you know, something that you can push around under the skin. And in this scene, we actually do see um, things moving around in his stomach uh, and boiling his, to the, the surface. That's very
0: hairy stomach, and he's talking to it yeah. like a dog. Kari right? right? He's like, what's like, what was he saying? He's like, good boy. Uh, no, it's okay, boy. Like, he's he's talking. Like, it's his little best friend. He's like, wait, no, don't come out, don't come out right now. I don't want to die. Yeah, it's like he's talking to his chest burster before it comes out.
1: They don't seem to die when these things come out, although their mouths get all bloody when they do, right? Yeah, they, but they I do think just it's still kind like, around
0: in the tubes.
1: Yeah, they live in your stomach yeah. acid or something. I don't know. Or in your I vessels.
0: mean, I guess so. I think they can survive that, considering what is probably on. Um, they burn people and shit.
1: Yeah. Was They're tough. Where the acid thinks come from, comes from, but that's, that's, that's coming up in a scene. But first of all, this scene with the, the stomach um, monsters moving around in there. Um, so, cause as we were watching, I think Michaela said like, this is actually some pretty good special effects. The only reason yeah. I'm um, highlighting this is because the guy who did this, his name is Joe Blasco, right? Who I guess was like the personal um, makeup man, for Orson Welles, like way back in the day, and like Bette Midler and a number of other Hollywood stars, um, but he invented the bladder effect, the air bladder oh. effect, for um, that was used in you know <laughs> science fiction horror Everything. movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, going forward. So and then did he patented the
0: patent thing? thing. I hope so. Right?
1: Did he patent yeah. it? I don't know. Oh, uh,
0: I but he, hope He so. did, we'll he be did be create
1: cool. his own cosmetics line.
2: I thought the well, stomach bubbling go. looked really, really good. That was, it like, really good. The, the way it went back down to normal was impressive. Yeah,
1: yeah. a little better than the the neck ones because we got that uh, transmissible thing where uh, I believe Barbara Steele, once she becomes infected, uh, becomes like tries to get her, Nicholas's wife to sleep with her and gives her a kiss and during the kiss we see there's a yep, transmission because uh, a, a parasite makes a bulge in barbara Steele's throat and then a minute later in the wife's throat we're like oh the thing has made its its loop um the older doctor um, <laughs> you have the
0: worst words for this comment. <laughs> <laughs> describing these things it made its loop
1: Ugh. yeah <laughs> uh The older doctor, he uh, comes to the rescue, right? That's, like, his whole thing is, like, because basically what we've got here is one of those um, pandemic situations in movies where, like, the apocalypse is nigh, where something starts off very small. This is, you know, the uh, ground zero for something that's going to go larger and eventually destroy the entire human race. Um, So it's kind of getting out of control very quickly uh on i think this takes place over like a day right isn't it like a day
0: yeah feels like a day
1: yeah and the old doctor comes over and uh he ends up uh going up to see nicholas and at that point the parasites are like on his stomach like they're just sitting on his stomach right
0: i I think so because then he pulls down the bed sheet and then they're just kind of like hanging out there yeah jumps and tries to get him
1: i couldn't tell if they had burst out or they like crawled out of his mouth and then just kind of were hanging out in his stomach underneath the sheet it's very gross and then they it jump is, up on the guy's face he has to use pliers to try and pull him off that was so disgusting
0: it is quite uh uh it is quite a predicament you get in it is it takes a lot to get them off and you usually end up very bloody as a result
1: yeah um but this is basically turning all of the people in the uh the sky rise into sex-crazed maniacs. Um, yes. What do we see here? What, uh, what what does the movie show us?
0: Uh, well, we see um, guys in Speedos coming out of the elevator uh, exploring, which I thought that was pretty funny. I mean, I mean, if two dudes walked out of the elevator and gave me that look in, while they were in Speedos, I'd, I'd probably back away, too. But yeah. we're seeing... <laughs> everybody come out of their apartments and everything and kind of either they're just viciously like sexually attacking people, or they're kind of like hanging out and enjoying it. It's kind of a little bit of both.
1: Throughout so, this place. Well, it
2: seems like you eventually progress into like a sexual zombie. Like it's the only mm-hmm. thing you can think about or, you know, mm-hmm. verbalize.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it has like, we keep seeing, um, like just, uh, I don't know. I guess I was saying, classifying it as like deviant sexuality only because it's like, well, we got, you know, a guy comes into an elevator where there's a mom and, and the girl, right? Well, he's the pie eater and it's just kind of gross. He's got raw pie in his, in his hand <laughs> yeah. and it's dripping all over the place. Then he attacks mom and when they're found later it's like mom's like dead on the ground and it's the little girl and the guy who are still like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, Jesus. and he's
0: like smelling his hair and <laughs> smelling her hair and shit. Like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. the imagery is a little... Yeah, it is a little... Ugh. Creepy.
1: Yeah, and yeah, there's... A uh, I think the guy takes refuge in an apartment where there's this old guy and his daughter, and he's like, you like my daughter? Then he starts making out with his daughter. Um, <laughs> Have you...
0: Did you watch his face during this whole thing? Who, Paul's? It is, this, or the, Roger. Uh, Roger, sorry. Uh, Roger St. Luke, yes. Yeah. This This guy... He is the most stoic person I've ever seen in a movie in my life. His blood pressure does not rise. Like, everything in this movie is a mild inconvenience to him. And if you just watch his face, like when they're walking down the the wood slat hallway and everything, and all the arms are coming out to grab them and everything, like, he's not scared or anything. He has, like, a slight irritation on his face. He's like, ugh, what are these people? Like, it's, he's, I think he's hilarious. Like, I don't know how this came off in 1975, but his reactions to everything are like i to me make this movie like he's hilarious in the other half of this movie and he's barely doing anything See, he's he, like he, the stiffest most stoic person
3: do you think that was a director choice or actor choice
0: oof um i think it's uh, this early on i'm gonna guess this is mostly actor
1: and do you think <laughs> this is is he well cast for the role
0: he uh <laughs> well i mean like you said colin he's the doctor you'd want um, <laughs> do you-
1: well i mean there's a scene he right where his nurse is trying to get him to come up to her apartment and so she's undressing in front of him and we keep cutting back to him and i mean you would have to like put a fucking mirror underneath his nose to find out if he's breathing yeah you know? right, <laughs> like-, <laughs> like
0: nothing like she's
1: she's changing into
0: another outfit so i mean and this i'm this, you know it's what Lynn I Lowry. Sort of like a sec yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's little Lowry and it's a sexy scene um and she's changing and he doesn't like he's just staring at her and things keep appearing in his hands between the cuts. Like, you cut back and he's just smoking half a cigarette. Like, is this airplane or something? Yeah. Like, I thought, does anybody else find this hilarious? Because the way they're doing it, like, I know meant to be serious, but it's hilarious. Well, so you're I, saying this part could have been done by Leslie Nielsen, is what you're saying. It could have been. He's got that. He's got that Leslie Nielsen Robert stack. Like, I'll say the weirdest shit, but my tone is not going to change. Yeah like that's yep. this guy and i for some reason i love that i love when they mm-hmm. just saying messed up shit but they're just like keeping that stern well, face but like, i get
1: that if like if the if there's going to be uh if you use that type of character so that later on you can show like how that character has changed after they yes. become infected or whatever if that if that should happen you know uh, but this movie doesn't ever really give you that opportunity, no. and in you know some of those scenes like that one I was just describing in particular, I wasn't sure how to read it because the end of that scene, he's on the phone with the doctor. What was it, R- Rizzo? no uh, oh, linsky dr linsky Roughly. who is explaining right. like so if anyone's doing any kind of like uh you know impulsive sexual behavior you might want to you know look at that as you know we got to get on that pretty quick and th- then it cuts to you know this is as he's been watching his nurse change and then she gives him the eyes you know and then walks off and i'm like okay are we supposed to read that as he's thinking oh maybe you know that was some impulsive sexual behavior or not. I couldn't tell by watching it. I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I gonna say, you're <laughs> not going to get it from watching. Him. His, <laughs> his thoughts are his own
0: and we will never know. Yeah. That man's got some guarded secrets.
1: Yeah. Well, she ends up, the nurse ends up getting attacked in her apartment. Uh, she answers the door. That was a pretty creepy scene where, you know, she's like, Can I help you? And the guy's like, Yeah, you can help me. And he comes in at her uh, and is like, You know, there's a sexual assault about to take place. She has a uh, carving fork in her hand as she was preparing dinner. I love this. When she had the par- carving fork, it was amazing how long it took her to use that as a weapon.
0: Yeah.
2: We need to talk about what she was. Quote unquote, preparing for dinner first. This is, this is right, that's really a mound this of meat. This movie stretches credibility. It's <laughs> just close up of her just chopping like random vegetables and shit. But then they like, she quarters a tomato and that's it.
0: For the salad. Yeah. She quarters a tomato she for the salad. It.
2: And she doesn't cut the little like butt part off <laughs> either. She just quarters it, it, it whole. Was-
0: I would have been less insulted if she just taken a bite out of that tomato. Yeah.
2: That makes (laughs) more sense than what she did in this
0: movie. Like, yeah.
2: Have you ever made anything in your life that just calls for like a quartered tomato?
0: Like quartered tomato. Yeah. How many
2: many tomato
0: related deaths happened in the 70s? No, it's it's got to be like when you,
3: like when you go to an Italian restaurant and you get like a complimentary side salad with your meal and it's literally just iceberg and a quarter of a tomato. Yeah. That's what it is. And maybe That's exactly what it is.
1: Yeah. Maybe this is, yeah. Comes from uh I don't know. The the seven the seventies. Shivers. <laughs> Shivers, Shivers is the
0: <laughs> genesis of all this stuff.
1: Yeah no i was just uh yeah i mean because she uh you know quarters i was like was she gonna go back to the uh tomatoes like after because she was like oh wait i gotta get this the roast out of the oven maybe who knows and i'm like the oven door is open now because this attack happened and then she leaves after she stabs the guy with the fork she leaves the apartment i'm like oh no roast is ruined they come back and of course the guy's not there and then it's like okay are these our two heroes are they somehow going to make it out of this apartment unscathed because at this point there's a full roaming orgy happening um (laughs) it really is it's like the the end of the shining except there's just an orgy on every floor in every room old people are being attacked in their homes by orgy going or sex crazed fiends um Mm -hmm. and we're like okay how are they going to get out of here because that's the thing you're like well you're in an apartment building you know There's really, you got elevators and you got, uh, you know, the uh, stairwells and that's really it to get to the front door. Um, So I'm like, well, how, you know, eventually if you got like a whole bunch of these crazy people all over the place, which they do. So they end up getting separated. She gets infected at one point in the basement. Correct. A guy does plant a kiss on her that carries the demon worm. um, Right. And then she gives like a speech that was like
0: An, an impassioned speech. With a great ending.
1: Yeah, that's what you were talking about. I wasn't sure if we that's were all synced up when we were watching this, but. Nina uh, was
0: I, so I just put that out there. But when she's like, she's talking about love and sensuality and all this stuff, and then she goes, and then the thing starts coming out. And then our no nonsense Dr. St. Luke just is like, and just punches her in the face, like, you silly woman.
1: I've got to get us both out of here. Yeah, and he puts a. But uh, much quieter. Yeah, he puts a, a Kleenex or something around her mouth. He's like, okay, it's going to keep that little fucker inside there. Yeah, because she was <laughs> yeah, going up. Fine. That's where I wonder, like, this is where, you know, like, David Cronenberg gets into these, like, uh, I wonder if these are his philosophical ideas about what the theme of the movie actually is. Because he does something similar to this in Crash. Um, but she go. She has this like. I had a dream last night, and in the dream, I was like making love with an old man, but he was diseased, and I was repulsed by him. But he told me that even old flesh is erotic flesh, and like, uh, what a, even disease is two alien organisms expressing their love for each other. And I was like, what right, And even- she was like,
0: Just talking is erotic. Just breathing, yeah. just existing is erotic.
1: You're Right? That's what she said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden,
0: we just like, Yeah, keep talking, keep talking. And then. <laughs> (laughs) then it wasn't good
1: yeah um so and then because some of this is like well you know either uh i gotta expand my definition of like what you know (laughs) it's like what the fuck are we going on about here um this ends up expand our horizons yeah 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 that's right because love enters through the nose no one's ever tried that so the the uh (laughs) In David Cronenberg world, like he will figure out a way. Um, so at the end of it, they get separated down in the basement where there's all the crazy people. Where uh, David Cronenberg is actually one of, I think, the guys who reaches out through the bars and is, like, licking like crazy. Um, mm. So this movie. Oh, there's
0: a car crash, ironically enough.
1: That's right. They're in, like, a horrific car right? crash. So even, <laughs>
0: even back then, he was testing shit out. Yeah.
1: That's true. They're trying to escape, and that's,
0: a, and that's a that's a quote unquote sexy movie too. Like he's just looking yeah. through just his weird, his weird shit.
1: Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sex and technology, and sex and science, and the fusion of yeah, but the biological yeah, the, and the technological. is it grotesque?
0: Is it sexy? Is it? Wah, yeah. We
1: don't know. Um. So and well, Doorman uh, Doctor Roger Roger, he ends up like escaping. Right, he does get out. And we're like, OK, he's going to make it because I think he's he sees- oh, right, Because
0: he goes to the pool and he sees the um, he sees the limb from earlier in the pool and just hanging out. Yeah, it's Barbie Shield and, tries- and Nick's wife. Right. And then he tries to escape after he gets a nice breath of fresh air, um, which is uh, what I like to think is all he was looking for since he's a doctor. Like, I think he lives by those rules, like just some fresh air and he eats an apple a day. Like, I think he's that kind of guy. <laughs>
1: He says, he says the old dude who comes in is like, Hey, Hey doc, look, look at me. I'm like, you're spry and all that. He's like, well, you're, you're more healthy than I am. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: he's, nothing. You can't just get this guy to joke or nothing. He's a very serious man.
1: Yeah. I kind of love him, but he doesn't get away because, uh, it turns out over the hill, right? You get that kind of night of living dead imagery of like all these, uh, uh, folks, All these
0: sex monsters coming for you,
1: yeah. And they back him into the pool where he has to. uh, I guess he's surrounded. They're just piling into the pool for the big end of the movie pool orgy. Why is it that orgies always take place in pools? I suppose because you can wash off.
0: That's that's the sex for him. (laughs) That is the that is um, that is the. I'm going to say that's the orgasm for him. And what do we see him doing in the next scene after the orgasm? Smoking. Smoking.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right, Sean. That's that's yeah, I like this. <laughs> there
0: it is. She lights she lights in a cigarette as they're driving through.
1: Yeah. She well, is. the nurse, the infected nurse gets him. And we're like, "Oh man, we're in invasion of the body snatcher's territory." They hadn't come out yet. basically it's like one of those bleak 70s endings where our heroes did not uh, weren't not able to stop the apocalypse. In fact, mm. they're going to spread the apocalypse or the disease. Beyond the borders of this little community, because the last thing we see is all of these cars leaving and uh, taking all of these folks, yeah, to I guess the rest of mainland Canada, (laughs) where they're going to spread um, the sex parasites. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, yeah, it is. Yeah, um, well, I guess you were kind of curious about what we thought of this movie, uh, and would probably like to hear. But first, we're going to have to read some of your mail. And in order to do that, we're going to have to summon our mailman. His name is Igor. Bring us the mail. Masters, masters, the mail. I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers are rising, rising. Why? Thank you, Igor. Thanks, Igor.
2: Do you think Igor has, like, the ability to produce slugs? if he wants, like at will. Oh,
0: I think oh, he's, he he's, is a progenitor.
3: Made, he's made of them. You know, like Oogie Boogie and The Nightmare Before Christmas is just made of bugs. That's Igor. He's made hey, of slugs. I, is Igor yeah, just a bunch of slugs, slugs in a them. trench coat? Yes. Yes, he is.
1: Are they sex slugs? Is he down here, like, trying to screw all the rats and stuff that run Guaranteed. around okay, Okay. Guaranteed. All right. <laughs> uh okay so <laughs> we want re- to <laughs> we want to remind well i mean if you're doing this movie i guess like this is what you got I mean true about.
0: it's pretty much all up for grabs
1: yeah um so i guess we should tell folks how they can get a hold of us uh by following along on facebook
2: facebook.com
1: slash freak show or on twitter
2: at set
0: freak show
1: they can email us directly at freak show at yahoo.com or you can follow along on Instagram It's Saturday Night Freak Show. About tonight's movie, Shivers Kryptonian Orphan writes in and says, I haven't seen this one yet, but I'll check it out before Saturday. Of course, with Cronenberg, you could always do the fly. Please, please, I love your show, up, up, and away.
2: That's a great username. I unrelated, <laughs> but I love the username so much. But I'm kind of surprised there hasn't been more Cronenberg in the past on this show, honestly. I feel like I yeah. assumed all that stuff had been covered already.
0: Yeah. Well, what did we, you did the fly too, right? Or that wasn't Cronenberg. That's sorry, not
1: Cronenberg. No, just uh, video and this. I mean, of his, like, you uh. know, yeah.
2: it's uh, surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah, it is.
1: Uh, Michael Whitaker says prepare to be uncomfortable Cronenberg style. It's a movie about sexually transmitted body snatchers complete with pulsating stomachs. Needless to say, this one is weird. Uh, DJ Molka says, heck yeah, I've been looking forward to some, to a good reason to watch this Been looking forward for a good reason to watch this. Now I do rabid, the fly scanners, the dead zone, keep the Cronenberg coming. Um, there you go. And check out, like I said, yeah, we haven't yeah, videoed We have done scanners, have we? No, we haven't. No. Yeah. There's like a whole bunch. Well, we haven't done like a lot of, we talk about Wes Craven a lot, but I don't even think we've done like a lot of his actual movies or Romero or Cronenberg. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've done, done
3: a
2: lot of Craven.
3: We've done a lot of
1: Carpenter for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we've um, done a decent
2: amount of Craven too, just not the yeah. yeah. good memorable stuff. There the
1: Yeah. Uh uh-huh. Ah, there it is. Yeah. Cursed. That's right. You're, Cursed people
2: under the stairs.
3: Yeah.
1: I feel like we
3: just did a couple like within the last couple months too.
2: Well, uh, that one was West Craven presents.
3: Yeah, we did a couple West Craven presents: Wishmaster
1: and and Dracula 2000. Speaking of Dracula 2000, Pat Hatfield writes in and says, "Since you've done this, does this mean you're also going to do Dracula 3000, the one set in space that has Coolio in it? I don't care one way or the other, but you started down that rabbit hole. Do you continue? I am very
2: intrigued. intrigued."
0: I was mm-hmm. going to say, well, I mean, you guys started, I'll continue it. I'll <laughs> pick a sequel. Yeah.
1: I did not even know there was a Dracula 3000 because we said there's two sequels to Dracula 2000,
0: right? I, th- I don't think it's related.
1: Yeah. I would not whatsoever. think so. Um, we were asking cuz we uh we showed uh an image on our social media of what Gerard Butler's Dracula 2000 look was in his audition. Where I don't know if right. he was coming off of the Gary Oldman thing, but he had a lot of hair and a beard and fangs and all that. And uh, compared to what they went with in the actual film itself, Stephen Haynes writes in and says the final look for the movie is definitely better. Uh, in the audition, he looks like a Vegas magician. Yeah. yeah.
2: He did. He looks like Chris Angel <laughs> I, mean, or something? I thought he looked like a Vegas magician in the movie, too, just a more cleaned up one. Yeah. True.
1: There you go, because Chris
2: Angel still looks like that. Yeah, yeah. And then knows?
1: anybody see Fright Night, the 2011 remake of Fright Night? Yes, yeah. Where they had uh, David Tennant played the vampire hunter who was a Vegas music magician who kind of looked like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Chris Angel and and whatnot.
1: Yeah. Uh, Richard Krotzer writes in and says uh, he thought that uh, Gerard Butler's Dracula was somewhere solidly in the middle of screen Dracula's. He thought it was below Gary Oldman's Dracula, but way above Dominic Purcell's Drake from Blade Trinity. Yeah, I'll go along
3: with that.
1: All right, then. Uh, about Howard the Duck, the episode we did on Howard the Duck, Simon Carter wrote in and said, uh, does anybody else get this duck tits wee-oo, sung to the tune of DuckTales stuck in their head <laughs> the minute this movie comes up in conversation?
3: I mean, um, no, but now I will. <laughs> right.
1: I was
0: going to say, I hadn't before read the comment, but now I will. Ooh.
1: And uh, Stephen Haynes writes in again and says, ah, they don't make them like this anymore. Back when you could warp children's fragile little minds with aliens tentacles boobs and implied bestiality and still get a pg rating ah the good old days (laughs) right yeah the 80s were something else i'd tell you um yeah all right so now we're gonna go around the table and tell you what we individually thought of tonight's movie shivers starting with
0: john okay uh shivers um it's good to finally see it tonight. This one had been it's. This one had been on the list. Um, it's always an adventure uh, watching a uh, quote unquote new David Cronenberg movie. Um, this is uh, this really is a weird movie. Um, it is, but I think it's. Uh, but for me, it's an entertaining movie. Um, it is. I'm glad it's a more kind of. Um, I guess serious more. Um, I don't know, based on other slug movies we've seen, which happen to go probably more the way of comedy or probably a little more light-hearted. Um,
3: (laughs) Light-hearted. Light-hearted.
0: Little light-hearted slugs. Um, I mean, so it's kind of nice to see, like, one of the uh, earlier ones, and, you know, it's a little more serious of a horror movie. Um, I think this movie rides a, a pretty good line. There is some stuff that is, I mean, genuinely disturbing, um, horror movie stuff. Um, but it also like un- whether it's unintentional or not. Um, it also it's entertaining in that it's very funny to me. Like I can't help but watch this movie. Um, with you know twenty twenty one eyes. But I think that um, uh, I think there's a lot there for that doing as well. Like I said, I found the last part of this movie um to be very funny. I think the uh, actor playing Roger Saint Luke. Um, I think what he's doing is great in this movie, and I think it makes it um. Uh, imminently more watchable. Um, it's got a good, like the supporting actors are very good. Um, uh, Lynn Lowry, I like her. Um, it's uh, it's a good movie. It's a, I don't know. It's also a little weird because it's also a little. It's a tad rapey, but when you're making, I think you just kind of have to accept that this is happening because we don't get into any. <laughs> Um, based on what I think uh, uh, a severe version of that like I didn't there's some not great stuff in this movie but um, uh, I didn't feel too bad about any of those weird scenes um, uh, I enjoyed the movie I think it's entertaining enough um, it is kind of surprising what Cronenberg pulled off i mean he had some experience coming into this what he pulled off but uh i had a good time tonight i think the uh i mean the effects can you say good i i, I enjoyed looking at them. i enjoyed watching this movie um it's an odd movie but it's still entertaining uh i will recommend shivers holly what do you think of shivers
3: um i'm I'm in agreement that there are elements of this that I can appreciate. Um, I think, especially considering it was his early work, uh, some of the effects are pretty impressive. Uh, 1975, like I was impressed with with uh, some of these things. And I agree with you. I do like the doctor. He he is. There's something about his stoicism that is very entertaining. Um, but I was unbelievably bored throughout this whole movie (laughs) i did i did not find it to be well i agree that it's it's not a funny version of of this sort of creature type movie um and maybe that's more my style i do like the horror comedy so i I like the i like the funny elements of creature feature kind of movies um and this is not that i don't even like this doesn't even give me like a creature feature vibe this is a very different kind of movie is a very different kind of movie, um, and I think that's the kind I want from like a parasite slug situation. I think I need that comedy element because this content was just not for me. It is very rapey, and I'm very not okay with that. Generally, um, I get the I get it's Cronenberg. That's what he goes for. He goes for making you uncomfortable. I, I, I'm not the biggest Cronenberg fan, anyway. I do appreciate a lot of his stuff. You know, obviously, I, I like some of his his movies very much, um, but he's not my go to guy. So maybe it's just not for me in general. Um, but yeah, I didn't really like anything about this movie. I, yeah, from like start to finish, there was nothing that stood out to me that I would say this is why you should check it out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pass on um, on Shivers for sure. Michaela, what did you think?
2: You know, when you hear, like, the original titles for this movie and you read, like, the plot synopsis, it sounds very much like a 70s grindhouse drive-in movie. And so, like, that's the kind of... But, I mean, I know that's not what Cronenberg does. So it's it's weird kind of taking one of those ideas and trying to put it through his filter. And I don't know for me if it works because I'm not a Cronenberg expert by any means, but I've seen a lot of his movies. And, like, I'm shocked that, you know... Dead Ringers, Scanners, um, you know, uh, Naked Lunch. Like, none of those have been brought to the freak show. That's crazy to me. You know, those are all worth watching. Those are all weird, but those are all keep you engaged. You know, this is definitely the slowest moving Cronenberg movie I've seen. And, I mean, it is, like, an older... It's one of his earliest movies, so that makes sense, you know, for sure. But I just... I can't understand where this kind of, like, puritanical like, uptight view is coming from in this movie. Like, is this a personal belief of his? Is this just him? Like, is this satire? I don't know. And maybe I'm putting a 2021 lens on a movie from the 70s, and that's not fair. Um, But I just, like, this is not the kind of movie I would expect Cronenberg to make. And it's just, it didn't work for me. I just, I was kind of bored by it, and that usually doesn't happen when I watch Cronenberg stuff. So it didn't work for me. And I just... I'm not sure why this doesn't work and I I think coming off of Slug so recently does not help this movie because yeah. we've seen the better version of this movie already you know um, but I appreciate what he's trying to do and I appreciate like I always appreciate his vision and like his craft because it is so unique to him that you can tell a Cronenberg movie from like one still usually you know and that like that takes discipline to do that so I do like certain things, like 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 that about this movie, but it's just not enough to take it over to the finish line for me. So I'm gonna pass on shivers. Colin, what did you think?
1: Well, I think Cronenberg's uh, an interesting guy because he's one of like I mean, I do think like a, <clears throat> you know I don't know a, a David Lynch or something. You know, is a name that comes to mind. He's like one of like the true artists working within the horror genre where he has there's. Things on that guy's mind, you know, in his subconscious that he's trying to come to grips with over, you know, like an entire filmography, you know, that you kind of watch him trying to work some of this stuff out, um, you know. concerns about sex uh death uh, the body doing weird things disease and transformation and um that's why it's like you know when you were saying that it comes off puritanical i agree you can read it that way obviously i think as a horror film you do but the question i was asking myself is like the subversive guy behind the camera like identifying with the the power that eventually um, you know the social power that structure that exists at the end of the movie he cast himself as one of those folks you know in the movie so it's like was this like a horror movie that he knew was going to work on you know society you know to like bring you know you don't know right i mean i guess unless you you know we listen to like his um comments on it but it's again this is what i kind of like about about this type of artistic you know uh, this uh, type of horror movie where it, it does kind of uh i like that you can make all these reads into it you know the thing that i always like this is one of the the thing that always bothers me about um folks who complain when um this is a sidebar but that filmmakers don't like explain their movie like what did you mean you know, in this scene or that scene, or what does it mean when this... And then you have filmmakers like David Lynch who, like, refused to tell you, or Stanley Kubrick would never tell you, like, what 2001 meant. And David Lynch would never explain stuff. And I was always like, why would you do that? Because wouldn't we like to know, like, what actually, like, what you were thinking as the artist, what were you trying to get across to us? But then Ridley Scott went and explained an element of Blade Runner. And to me, I disagree with what he... You know, like, the way I interpret that movie is like, no, that's not at all true you know you can think that but now you're ruining my movie by saying that so that's why i'm like no right. sometimes it's better if the filmmaker shuts the hell up and lets the audience actually see and take what you see out of the movie you know that's why like Chris, yeah. christopher nolan better not ever explain the ending of uh in, in um inception yeah <laughs> <You know? laughs> plus uh,
0: unless he right yeah i mean plus he might do it in like but he's gonna change in twenty years, so who knows like right. if he were to explain the ending to it like it's it's gonna change in his mind, no matter what
1: yeah, that's why I think you know but, film is this kind of uh that is your statement i mean that's basically him working something in his psyche out you know uh over the uh over these films that he made um I don't know. I really enjoyed this movie. I think I like it the more I see it uh, more than I did maybe the first time I saw it. You know, I mean, obviously, it's it has a pace similar to the movies of the mid-1970s. Um, I think, he, you know, The Brood and uh, Rabid and uh, Scanners, all to some way, shape, or form, do kind of share that sensibility. Um, maybe even you could say video drome and you know, but um I still think that it's it's an, it's important I think because of the subject and the themes that it 's going after, I guess you know like that 's why it was like oh you 're actually you know trying to deal with some kind of um You know, uh, social upheaval through, like, sexual revolution or something. And, you know, it's like, that's just weird for a horror filmmaker to to come to grips with. Or maybe it isn't. Maybe, like, in the horror genre is where you do it, where you're kind of primed to watch it where you wouldn't if it was like, um, you know, Masterpiece Theater presents a movie about the sexual revolution. And, (laughs) you know, and you'd be like... Sexual slums! Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the
0: eye of whatever this
1: right. right yeah yeah because yes. yeah. you could do the straight version of this sure. it be like yeah whatever but yeah you put some what little again, parasite like, like monsters in there
0: no put some parasites <laughs> in there
1: <and> yeah. <laughs> and it's like okay give me a metaphor that's a monster and it yeah. calls up old ladies walking canes and yeah it burns you when it touches it uh so yeah i, I don't know i would uh definitely i mean a is a Um, I think he is like one of the Titans in the genre, the horror genre, especially the formation of the contemporary horror film, you know, all these guys that started working in the seventies and kind of created the landscape, which I still think is resonating today. Uh, I think you have to check it out just to see like where he's coming from. Uh, but I think it's also like, you know, of, uh, of the seventies horror films, I think it's, you know it's a classic uh, to me, you know, it's like, that's, that's one of those that I'd be like, if you're looking at 1970s horror, um, because it's, it's horror. It doesn't have that kind of level of the escape hatch of comedy. I know, you know, some of you were saying you saw comedic things in it now looking at it, but I think he intended it to be unsettling. Like there's, you know, this yeah. is just an unsettling movie. Um, uh, you know, it's going to be kind of uncomfortable to watch. And I kind of like that. Um, Sometimes. like possession yeah yeah well yeah not it's not as challenging as that <laughs> sorry how that's a that's an aggressive full frontal assault <laughs> yeah yeah it the movie that keeps coming up i'm saying possession was a, a singular <laughs> <like> <laughs> moment that no one here yeah. will ever forget <laughs> zolowski's <laughs> possession okay uh yeah i would recommend uh sorry ran long um <laughs> shivers you should watch it uh so we got uh, i think that was it was two for or two against 50 mm-hmm. yeah, okay. 50 split 50 50 split on shivers all right next week we're watching a movie that's chosen by
3: john what are we watching next week
0: we are going to watch Wes craven's new nightmare
1: oh the new
0: nightmare all right and the new nightmare i think we've mentioned it a lot on the show it feels like we've done it before but officially it's coming
2: We're really uh, getting into, uh, like, all the Wes Craven stuff we can lately, huh?
0: I think so. I think we're just going to just go through it. I mean, we got to check somebody off the list, right? Are we ever going to get to a point where we just do all the filmmakers'
1: resume? (laughs) All right. Well, we hope that you'll join us for Wes Craven's new nightmare. That's next week on the Saturday Night Freak Show. And until then, ladies and germs, the basement is going dark.